0: It's almost gonna pop. Five-shirt final, JCM Jones from the Mothership and Dirty South Soccer. Tony Woodward and Nathan Lane could not be with us today, but Joe Patrick from 9 to on the game and Dirty South Soccer is right over there wearing a very, very deep V t-shirt because he finally, finally got the confidence that he'd been so very much missing <laughs> during last week's episode. What's up, Sam? How's, How's it going? Good? You look good, man. Thanks. You look good. You know, just it's showing a little, a little bit more of that collarbone
1: one, one, one millimeter at a time, you know, day by day. I'm,
0: it's just a I'm genuinely not sure if this is the way to go about getting YouTube followers, but <laughs> it might be it might be. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out if we can still put together an audio show that that equals the quality of the visuals I'm seeing. Right. <laughs> now we have a lot of stuff to get to today though here on five stripe final Uh, we got a lot of interesting things in the works as well so it's not just it's not just the main show going on Mm -hmm. we have some extra things we have some extra things joe
1: patrick Mm -hmm. we do we uh we'll have some bonus content for some selected listeners so uh yeah everybody pay attention you know in fact by the time this comes out i'm not sure if we will even have announced it formally yet but uh big big news coming to you very very shortly so stay tuned to the five-star finals base if you're
0: listening on Tuesday you should know It yes. should be out Monday afternoon. noon uh, so go ahead and follow five-star final we're at five-star final on Twitter it's that easy we'll have a lot of stuff coming out you guys can stay up to date which is, which is nice you can stay up to date with us if you're already following the Dirty South Soccer podcast network you're staying up to date with mouths of the south who are back as well so all sorts of fun content and everything like that even though I know teal football hates that word it's all coming <laughs> right now in this very moment it's pretty sweet
1: yeah we need we need to find a, no, a new word a different word for
0: content but that is what it is so it is what it is and we've got plenty of it uh and to start off this new piece of content we're gonna head right into Business time, Joe Patrick, Latoro, Giannetti is moving quickly in his business. He's he's already on a plane. He might have landed by now. He literally hopped on a plane like last night from, I think, Buenos Aires at like maybe 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'm assuming he's already landed in, in, in Atlanta, from my understanding.
1: You'd think so. We, I surely hope so. If, if not, something terribly wrong <laughs> has happened. But uh, yeah, looking looking exciting. think Kind of thought we might get another Monday surprise and have that announcement on us today. We got a much different kind of (laughs) announcement (laughs) today, Um, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point here. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, exciting to see. Uh, He looked a little bit terrified in one of the pictures that was taken uh, on Mm -hmm. the plane. He looked uh, like he had the, the trepidation in his eyes, but. You know, I'm sure this is obviously something that he's wanted, and he'll get to play under his former manager. So I'm sure he's happy.
0: Have we talked about the fact that, that Gabby Ainsley is, is scared of planes? Is he really he's not like flying? I think I've read this. Oh, someone check like, me on this. Like John I'm Madden this out if it's not true. But yeah, apparently hates flying. Hmm. I think this is a real thing that, that someone has discussed. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe Latora is in the same boat and I don't blame them at all because it's a terrifying experience and there, are, there are engines falling out of the sky in Denver <laughs> every other day, it seems like, so I don't, I don't blame them at all, but it's, it's a fascinating experience. Thing that, that they must have to incur in the most flight happy league in the entire world. I don't know. It's going to be interesting.
1: Well, yeah, you, you think about it like they probably aren't taking a lot of flights in Europe like hey, he would have in his career. You know, maybe if you're in mm-hmm. Champions League, things like that, you would. But when you're in the league, you're pretty much just bussing around for the most part. So um, I guess it makes sense. And, you know, what's funny is I don't know if we talked about this last year, but at some point I was looking at uh, the map of Argentina and like where all the clubs are. And it's like all of them are within Mm. a tiny little radius of each other in Buenos Aires. And then there's like Newell's is off off by itself. uh, And Rosario, there's like uh, I guess there's Newell's and Rosario Central and like a couple other clubs that are just out on the map. But kind of crazy how little those players typically travel.
0: Yeah, we're so probably not used to flying, but very much used to commanding the back line. Again, we're excited about him. We're excited about him. It feels kind of like the centerpiece, the capstone to a very busy offseason so far. So we should get an announcement on Giannetti very, very soon. We should also probably learn how to say his name correctly. And not Giannetti. Like from. Not like that. It's probably not like that. <laughs> probably not. It's like this. definitely not. Probably not. Probably not. Almost definitely not. Almost definitely not. Definitely not happening as well. Bello, Miles and Lennon are not going to the Olympic qualifying training camp. We've had this come down in the last hour or yeah. so where George Bellow, Miles Robinson and Brooks Lennon, all named to the U23 roster in the big roster drop. They're on the graphic. They're on everything. And then Jason Christ came out and said immediately, yeah, they're not here. They're not here.
1: It was kind of wild how this all unfolded because we were discussing it in our dirty South soccer slack about what, what mm-hmm. was going to happen. Somebody posted a link to, uh, uh, Charlie Kennan-esque uh, youth national team insider blogger <laughs> type and said that he had it on good authority that Miles Robinson and George Bellow were both in the squad. Um, I was kind of skeptical about it because of some of the other reporting that's happened with Atlanta United and international duty stuff in the past. Doug McIntyre has said that outside of a FIFA international break, they just don't let te- like if, if FIFA isn't making them release players, they don't do it, especially mm-hmm. if it would be- cause them to miss a game or something or significant training time. Um, um, but then, of course, they were in that roster uh, that U.S. soccer released. And then what, five minutes later, <laughs> we had yeah. uh, you could tell Atlanta United personnel were scrambling to get the word out that they were not going to be included. So uh, positive <laughs> moves for Atlanta United fans, because that would have been a pretty uh, tough, tough break. Uh, if you were going to miss key players, guys, who were going to start for you um, th- for basically all of Gabriel Lines' training camp.
0: You know, I literally had to go into the post that Sydney Hunt was writing in like type into it <laughs> in the sentence he was doing hey stop go check slack <laughs> and it worked we, got, we cut that off and got that information before we sent a post out that was like they're gone yeah you yeah. don't know you know so i'm glad that information came out as quick as it, as it did uh, it all has to do with quarantine periods it seems like for ccl games Atlanta United of course starts ccl i believe it's on april 6th is the confirmed date for that so they would not have been able to go to this qualifying camp And then get back in quarantine in time for CCL so they were not released. It'll be interesting to see if they get released for the actual Olympics. If the U.S. were to make it, my understanding is that they can miss those qualifiers, still go to the actual event. And if you tell me that I can go to the Olympics or play against the Colorado Rapids on a Wednesday night in April. (laughs) Or in august i guess whenever it is yeah uh i'm going to do a madness if you keep me from the olympics so uh, it'll be interesting to see what they think about it it'd be interesting to see what they think about being kept out of the qualifiers but for now we're, we're glad they're hanging around it's one of the great adages added to those things in mls that you can you can be good but you can't be too good because if you have too many good players that are actually good they just leave during the summer so <laughs> it'd be nice to have them kind of around even though there are at that level
1: yeah, totally. And you know, it makes it even better when you can go to Tokyo and play in the Olympics when you didn't have to play in the qualifiers. That's even went, better. Yeah. So this is kind of best case scenario potentially for some of these players. So mm-hmm. we'll it's see Showing up at the end
0: of the group project to the presentation. Right. And, exactly. And getting all the glory, <laughs> which I got really good at undergrad. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Not going to lie. Uh, hey, speaking of b- bonds group presentations. Are
1: form- bonds are formed in those little study rooms in the mm-hmm, library mm-hmm. with the whiteboard and the glass exactly, doors.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, speaking of group presentations, Atlanta United and the Atlanta Night community got together to show off their brand new kit the other night. I was there. It was good to be at a thing again, quite honestly. Yeah. Uh, I want to It really felt like, I don't know, kind of normal. So the fact that everyone was in their cars,
1: I was reading through uh, a post that Kyle Soto uh, wrote that he was, of course, there you were hanging out together, I think, at the at the event. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's really struck stuck out to me that he was talking about how great it was to just be part of like a communal event again, because, you know, through all of this stuff that's happened, you start to think that Everything exists on the other side of a computer screen, you know, like we're doing right now. Um, and it was just like a nice feeling to be around other people in support of something.
0: Well, you know, I mean, you, you kind of have that thing. So I don't know if you do this, but I always see people at Atlanta United things that I don't know, but I recognize. Mm. And so I was like, oh, hey, it's it's curly headed guy. He's there. <laughs> I'm next to him. You know, that's <laughs> sweet. So people like that. Just oh, the to see capo again, guy. Fe- yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Actually, I wasn't going to be that specific. I, know I don't know his is. name either, but yeah, what I wouldn't recognize babe? that guy from, from mile away. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. He was there. Um, I think I think I caught AJ from Atlanta. Fancy V there for a second. I almost talked to Kevin, but Kevin was busy getting prepared for his presentation thing. his hosting his MC duties, uh, so I didn't go bother him. But friend of the show, Kevin Egan, was also there. So it was just good to see people I recognized. And then... There were people I had never seen before, like Jeezy, and that was cool. <laughs> that was cool.
1: Yeah, I was uh, watching. It was funny. I was watching on YouTube, and uh, me and Rob were both kind of chatting along in the comments uh, as the live stream was going. And I was actually impressed. the uh, The live stream was pulled off seemingly without much uh, much of a hitch, um, which it was quite a production. So uh, kudos to the Atlanta United Digital Team for. Pulling all that off um, in difficult circumstances.
0: Really cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the idea to do the the lasers on the side of the, the stadium was awesome and well done. Honestly, it was cool. It was a little awkward for me and Kyle who are outside of the cars and couldn't hear the audio going with it. So I'm sure there was like a musical. I understand there was like an Atlanta United mixtape playing in the back it was
1: crazy it was incredible like that i feel like that changed names. people's opinions on the kit yeah
0: <laughs> i have the names of those artists and the songs from the comms team i had people asking about oh, nice. that. i will get those to you asap thank yeah. you for reminding me don't let me forget that someone at me make sure i do that Um, But yeah, no, it was uh, it was good. Like I said, to just kind of be at a thing in general, you know, and like I said, I wrote about this for the mothership. I have a piece up about the entire kit launch and just kind of seeing Joseph was like the big thing. Seeing how people reacted to Joseph was a big thing. By far, the biggest cheer of the night was for Joseph Martinez. Just seeing him out there and being himself and saying he looked kind of fat fat was amazing. (laughs) That (laughs) was cracking me up. He he couldn't
1: he couldn't stop slapping his belly, too. He was he kept on like. (laughs) Which I thought was amazing. You know that's amazing. something
0: he's been doing ever since he's been injured, too. Just sitting there like, man, this is is getting bigger it was it's funny you know? because
1: i think i can't remember if it was earlier that day or maybe the day before when we had talked to carlos Bocanegra. he did a little media session i think it was the day before and he had said that mm-hmm. joseph martinez was fit and ready for selection or would be in the first game and uh yeah i, I thought about amending that tweet that i had put out to say like when, he, when we're talking about fit we're just we're talking about the injury not you know the yeah, yeah. The, the, the actual fitness <laughs>
0: situation will come um, I think the idea of a fat Joseph like destroying the league, though, is kind of the uh, <laughs> it's the third Pokemon evolution of Joseph. Oh, yeah. You know, it's the final form. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of here for it. I hope he kind of keeps the belly, to be totally honest. It's going to roll. <laughs> it's going to roll. But yeah, no, that comes down the same day. Joseph Martinez will be available for the beginning of the season, which is Massive. You know, we we would we assume so. It's almost a year to the day since that ACL tear went down. Hopefully he's good. Hopefully his other ACL is good. There's always the danger that's increased of tearing that Mm -hmm. and then re-tearing the other one and everything like that. Uh, so you do kind of keep out an eye out for that throughout the year. I'm sure they'll be very, very careful with how they handle him going forward. But I mean it's just good news all around for the most part.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, and you know, to kind of take it back, I really thought it was uh good to talk to Carlos Bocanegra. I'm really glad he made himself self-available to speak with media that day before. And uh, I thought it was really interesting that he said that uh, Gabriel Heinze was um, already like thinking about roster moves he was going to be making and ways that he could improve the team before he had even accepted the job, (laughs) which um, seems to be commonplace with, Uh, I I don't want to make it as broad as Argentines, but yeah, these Bielsa disciple guys, they go into incredible depth. There's really funny stuff about Marcelo Bielsa, specifically in terms of like the PowerPoint decks he put together (laughs) about like Frank Lampard's team at Derby when they were like in the championship. And he was like presenting these decks to media and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that because he got caught for spying, and he's like, Wait, yeah. "No, I already know all this. This is just to <laughs> to reinforce it." Here's a PowerPoint. Yeah, and of course we know here's Tata, a prezi I made the,
1: the famous uh, meeting with Tata and Carlos um, before he mm-hmm. was hired, where they were you Binders know using salt, soccer salt shakers to do tactics and things like that. Yeah, so yeah. love hearing that stuff. It's cool insight to hear. So am glad we got to know that.
0: Yeah, it all checks out. Uh, we had a few interesting things to kind of talked about with Carlos. We asked him about Ronald Hernandez, mm-hmm. and they said that you know that was just a, a happy lucky opportunity you know um that that was just kind of how that worked out and he's alien united player and that was never the plan from the start according to them and that's the way it is uh, we also got to talk about it's
1: exactly just, what they would say
0: that's exactly what they would say if we're putting on our tinfoil <laughs> hat <laughs> right, Joe. Right, Joe. Of course, the thing about conspiracies is that, you know, there's the, the old story. You, exactly. It's the old story about the two conspiracy theorists who go to heaven and the, they get one question for God and they ask who shot JFK. And then God says Lee Harvey Oswald and the other guy leans over the other guy and says, oh, man, this goes right to the top. Right. It just keeps going and going <laughs> and going. So we'll say that's all we'll say about that. That's all we'll say about uh, that. Um, no, we had, we had a few other things to talk about with Carlos as well. Um, I did some research beforehand and came across a, a somewhat startling fact that besides Joseph, there are two other players in the Atlanta United roster who have ever scored more than four goals at a top flight level. They are Cubo and Losandro Lopez. Both of those guys are not going to be starters. So where are the goals coming from?
1: And then uh, Carlos Bocanegger had huh? to tell you that also Eric Lopez is one of those players, look, which...
0: look. <laughs> Look, football <laughs> reference either lied or Carlos had it a little bit off. I, I don't was know what's so proud. Right I was so there. proud. Actually, was so proud.
1: No, uh, no, it's true. I mean, it is interesting. And it's been something, you know, I remember uh, Tata Martino was asked about this when Joseph Martinez was scoring all the goals. And mm-hmm. I think uh some, I think one of the Spanish language journalists asked him, like, is this a concern for you that, you know, he'll burn out um and that you don't have another source of goals? And that may have been the response where uh, Tata said that, um, Joseph is fine and he'll get a rest the day after MLS Cup after they won. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, that was always Tata's. Tata didn't really care mm-hmm. about having other goal scorers as long as somebody was doing it. And, you know, exactly. to, to his credit, they score plenty of goals. So, but yeah, hopefully with what happened last year, they will have a little bit more diversification.
0: You would hope so, especially coming off an out there. We just don't quite know what it's going to look like. Yeah. But we, uh, Carlos talked a lot about balance, which is correct. You know, you just kind of worry that someone's got to step up. Someone's got to step up. And I, I guess one of the big questions and one of the guys that we kind of looked at as being that guy is a secular barco. But, but go ahead. Jeff.
1: Well, I will say I, we were kind of joking about Joseph talking about how he's fat and stuff like that. <laughs> I am like a little concerned about his weight at this point. I mean, how many pounds does he probably need to drop to to be in like good shape where you think you're getting top production from him.
0: A striker shape is different than, than true. every other shape. That's true. Thing. I don't know.
1: That's true. Ronaldo was still able to score plenty of goals when he was not super. Yeah, you just, you literally just, just don't run as much. But, it, <laughs> yeah.
0: you know, if, if you're pressing, you know, and everything like that and you want Joseph to be a part of that, it, it will be interesting to see if you can kind of keep up. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, he still has some weight to drop. And of course, like every player has weight to drop at this point. Um, clearly, Joseph has more because of circumstances, which are totally understandable. I just, you know, I guess I've been thinking about this a little bit more because I just the other night Um, after a couple beers, found uh, the extended highlights of the 2018 MLS Cup. So I watched and it was like 20 minutes long, and it was just kind of a fun, (laughs) fun to let myself go back to that time. And um, one thing I noticed about the team was just they were all so fit at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Way more fit. Obviously, the tactics and just the aggressive nature of of Tata's team plays into that as well. But it just looked like, you know, they were chasing everybody down and, and throwing themselves into challenges and then getting up and sprinting around Um, where I feel like we in the the seasons that followed that there was less and then less of that in 2019 and then even less of that last year uh, to the point where you're trying to make do with guys like Jurgen Dam and, uh, kubo torres who are coming off of not having played so it'll be interesting to see kind of what what the overall fitness of this team looks like under heinze
0: i think the team just got less athletic too to yeah, be totally honest for sure. you know and that's something that carlos mentioned that in the midfield they wanted to get a lot more athletic uh, and i think they've done that and i think that's kind of the plan is to be you know more more explosive in that area of the field you know and be able to cover out more ground and be able to cover loose balls and everything like that uh, so We'll see, but it's a good point. That's a good point. I'm sure that that Heinze is is making them run one sprints like as we speak. Yeah, you know that, <laughs> that's something that's also famous in Bielsa circles is the extremely intense training se- sessions. Well, just the,
1: well. yeah, and just the other day, Michael Parkhurst tweeted that he was already He was like sweating just having to look at the uh, pictures from preseason of like, <laughs> the first day <laughs> because of how uh, you know how intense he knows how intense those days are. So. Clearly, these guys are working very hard right now to get themselves in shape.
0: Exactly, exactly. And hopefully it gets Joseph in shape and then hopefully it gets Ezekiel Barco in shape. because mm-hmm. We want to talk a little bit more about him as Rob Ushery posted today. I think a very, very good piece on how important this year is for Zeke. It's interesting for sure. And we have some good questions about it as well Uh, but want to talk about Rob's piece first a little bit and and his kind of whole thesis centered around how crucial this year was to Barco's chances to not only make up for the dollar value that's been spent on him you know but this is his personal chance Mm -hmm. to to get somewhere in Europe to to take that next step that we'd always kind of assumed he would get
1: yeah it's kind of down to the his contract and just the the context around that right because in soccer it's like he's especially MLS clubs are not really in positions to just re-up a a DP on a new contract uh, before it's over. Um, you, You can, but that's clearly not like the plan with a guy like Ezekiel Barco. And this is the year for him to really, you know, impress other teams. And this year could be the difference between getting a move like Miguel Almaron did, where you're going to Newcastle, you're going to the Premier League, you're, you know, you're making a big move. Or you're making a Pitti Martinez kind of move, or you're moving to, you know, an obscure place or a or a mm-hmm. less competitive league, which is not something that Ezekiel Barco wants, you know. He wants to be playing in the, the best competitions possible. So It is a huge year for him. And you hope that something like that can motivate a player. I mean, I think that kind of thing motivates all players all the time. They're always trying to think about, you know, how their performances are going to affect their career. And so but I think that's much more the case with Ezekiel Barco this year than maybe any other player on the squad right now.
0: Yeah, I think one of the big questions is, is how much time is he going to miss? He's just never, ever been able to string together a series of, of healthy years or really True. even a series of healthy games. I think I did the math on this and he's been a, he, out of like a total of like 96 possible games. He's played in like 41.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Or started 41. He's not, me. I, think that's yeah. the, I think that's the right
0: number. Um, I mean, he's so missed significant it,
1: not, portions. He missed significant portions in 2018 with the mm-hmm. obvious thing. Yep. in 2019 he had a international duty then an injury and then mm-hmm. last year obviously also had injuries so
0: <laughs> he had a knock yeah yeah apparently a, knock. a couple knocks-huh uh-huh. um so I don't know it's it's something that if he's on the field he's been okay he's been good he hasn't lived up to the DP money yet. yeah yeah but maybe if he gets that first full year. And again, this is something that Carlos mentioned as well that, you know, a part of that balance is, is getting Zeke back in the form he was at the beginning of, of 2020 and 2019, where he looked pretty, pretty sharp, you know?
1: I think it's pretty clear that Ezekiel Barco's not going to be the guy who drives the team in terms of like driving the performance of mm. everybody else. Like Miguel Amaron was that kind of player who, like, Miguel Amaron gave you this, the consistent. 7 out of 10 are better performances. He had the engine and the fitness to get up and all around the field and make an impact everywhere. And it seems like Ezekiel Barco is one of those guys who needs that Miguel Almiron type player around him to really unlock his own the, what he can offer. He's not going to be the guy who lifts everybody else, but I think I still have confidence that he can be a good player. I think we're, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but um, I'm pretty optimistic mm-hmm. about Barco this season. But to your point, it has to be obviously, he has to stay healthy.
0: Well, it, it brings up a good question from Ryan McManus who asks Do you think Barco ultimately goes to Europe or not? He says he's in the not camp. And it's something that Rob mentions in his article as well that it used to kind of be these. Names that were floating around Zeke were like Arsenal and some other folks that were pretty high up there in the European stratosphere, mm-hmm. I guess. And then it kind of like dropped down. It was like Fiorentina and teams like that. Now it's, it's a question of, like you said, is he going to go to a place like Fiorentina or is he going to be at Alnassir, you know, like or even just back to South America? I, I don't know at this point. I'm kind of leaning towards what Ryan's thinking, which is that. He's probably not going to be in Atlanta after this year, almost definitely not going to be in Atlanta after this year. And I imagine his destination, if I had to guess, would be somewhere in South America. Mm,
1: Wow. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree that I I, I I agree. I agree that this is his last year in Atlanta, whether he plays poorly or amazing. I just think that just based on the timing. This is going to be the year. Um, and I don't know. I mean, obviously, his performances are going to dictate a lot about where he plays next. And we don't know exactly. But I tend to be more optimistic about it. I think that he uh, I would say that he does play in Europe. I think that even if you're a Zucchio Barco, you play poorly and you don't get the offers you want. I will say Rob pointing that out in that piece was really striking to me. It was it was I'm glad he kind of put it that bluntly where he he's kind of had that what's the opposite of a a, a D de, a descent kind of in terms of <laughs> the 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 teams that are interested in them uh, but I still think that he might choose to even go to the championship not that I think that that's something that yeah. he, that would likely happen but I, I feel like he, for him he would want to at least put himself geographically closer to some of those teams. Um, as opposed to going back to South America. But we'll see. You know, you never know.
0: Yeah, I'll be fascinated to see the the moratorium. I guess that's the right word. The obituary for for Zeke's Atlanta career. It's it's definitely going to be a fascinating one, especially considering what he does this year. I just don't know at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm glad you're optimistic. I like that you're optimistic. I'm less so, <laughs> but I'm less so about everything, I think. I think it's the, the 25-year-old in me. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't. It, yeah, I don't know. It's so hard to talk about because so much is riding again, like we were talking about on this season for him. But I, I'm just feeling confident about this team. I'm feeling like they they have the playmakers. And one of the other things is. You got to think about uh, the opposition won't be able to solely focus on Ezekiel Barco this year like they were Mm -hmm. able to, especially last year. Like last year was so difficult for him because anytime he got the ball, he would immediately be swarmed, hacked down. Some of that was probably his fault. Maybe like he could get rid of the ball, but, you know, he wants to make things happen, too. Uh, I think that he will find it that he'll have a little bit more space to work with, especially in a more advanced kind of tactical setup with Gabriel Heinze. I am um, I'm I'm, I guess for those reasons, I'm more optimistic. But again, I, I, I would not be that optimistic about the fact that he would will be able to stay on the pitch uh, for all those games. So
0: let's let's assume he plays 30 games. OK, let's say let's say 30. What does his output have to be for him to get to Europe in like a top flight European team? Just Um, basic goals and assists. what do you what do you think that level has to be because i think it has to be somewhere around like a like a 10 assist five goal kind of year for him to even be close
1: i was actually going to say more i was going to say like 12 and 8 that was kind of my what i was gauging um goals could be no i'm sorry 12 assists eight goals okay it could be you know it could be less but i think it's got to be somewhere around like 20 combined goals and assists somewhere around there that's what i'm thinking sure Okay, that's a big
0: ask. That's a big ask. I think he can do he
1: it. It's it. I my bold prediction yeah. for him last year was that he was going to have 10 and 10. I think he's yeah. an underrated goal scorer. Um when you look at the actual quality of goals that he's scored, I would recommend mm. anybody go on YouTube just look him up. Like they're quality <laughs> strikes. Like he, he he's got great bend on the ball um and can clear and can, you know, pick out a corner, but it's just not getting those opportunities and that kind of thing.
0: Maybe it's going to be like when that year, that first year when we all yelled at Miguel collectively to shoot more and then he went out and scored a hat trick against Houston. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we just need to, we just need to bullying works. You know, <laughs> let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. It'll be interesting to see. It all should be interesting to see what kind of questions you guys had for us after this quick break. And before we get back into
1: the show, did just want to shout out once again our partners at Lucid FC for bringing you this episode of Five Stripe Final. They've got a new shop out uh, in Buckhead. It's right behind the Whole Foods there. Uh, The address is 3209 Paces Ferry Place, Northwest, if you want to write that down or Google it or whatever. But I cannot wait to see what they get done there because I think that that shop is going to be um, experiential, to say the least. These guys are really creative, and uh, I think that it will be more than just a a place to sell clothes. So that will be really cool. But you can obviously also order from them online at lucidfc.us. They've got their new Spring Summer 2021 collection out now, uh, which you can buy right now online called This is a Modern World. It's really cool stuff. The collection brings nostalgic, psychedelic party nights of the past to the new modern lifestyle. Uh, I've checked it out on, on their shop. It looks really cool. The products on this line will be sold exclusively to directly to you on the Lucid FC website. That's where you get it. Uh, they've got unisex sizes from extra small to extra, extra large, and the uh, price points from $8 to $380. So there's something in there for everybody, uh, and it has just launched, and it's really cool. Definitely would recommend everybody go check out uh, lucidfc.us and maybe
0: pick up yourself some, uh, some modern world clothes. Wow, what an incredible break. We have questions. We have questions. Joe, Patrick, we have a bunch today. Again, this, this number keeps rising we did. <laughs> and rising and rising, and it's getting kind of stressful. It's
1: getting more honestly. and weirder in content,
0: Yeah, which well, I'm here d- for that. I'm definitely I, for I definitely that. am, too. I'm glad we have the rapid fire space to kind of relegate it to at this point, you mm-hmm. know, uh, so we can we can take those weird ones, but we can take them very, very quickly. But we'll start with this first question from Nick. You ask simply, who do you think will be the most impactful new addition to the team? We already talked a lot about Zeke, but that's old news. What about the new guys? What about the new guys, Joe Patrick?
1: You know, I would say... This is not really, I guess, technically one of the new additions, but I think Marcelino Moreno is going to really impress. Like, I feel like people we only got kind of the the taste. We got like those one or two, yeah. at, you know, when they bring an appetizer to the table and there's like only enough for like you to get like one bite of something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the Baskin Robbins tiny spoon of ice cream. Exa- no, yeah, of exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what we got last year. Yeah. I think that he's going to really impress and I think that he's going to people are going to see him as. One of the most important players on this team, if not, maybe the most important player on this team. I think he's that good. And and a lot of people think of Miguel Almaron when they think of him. One thing about Marcelino Moreno that Teoto football is kind of ingrained in us, somebody who talks to him quite regularly, is that Marcelino Moreno in Argentina was a player who took on players more than almost anybody. In fact, way more than any other player, like attempted Mm -hmm. dribbling by somebody. He, You know, not super successful in those, but although, you know, very successful on a total on a um, like totals number, not on like a percentage of success. But I think he's just going to be very exciting, drive the team forward and be that kind of engine that we've talked about. As for the actual new guys, I would say my boy, Eric Lopez, of course. <laughs> I hate this song. I know you hate it. That's why that's why I just keep going with it. But,
0: but I, I again I'm desperately hoping that you're right. I really am. I really am. No, I think Marcelino is a great shout. I, I was interested to kind of look at his goal-scoring record and everything like that. wonder how it may be, be able to advance this year. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe like a Zellerion-level impact is, is possible. Pizuela. I'm, t- I'm trying to think of other kind of attacking midfielders who have come into to good teams and made them a lot better really quickly. Um, and I, I think we have a good team now. I think this is a good team. And so I'm interested to see how he kind of thrives in that situation because the flashes were there so, so clearly, even when this team was garbage last year, you know? yeah, Even when things were just plodding along it's like oh is doing something fun this is cool and then you kind of had to calm down a little bit as he like banked a pass off of John Gallagher's <laughs> chest or something you know you had to, you had to temper the your final third play yeah last year was it was rough yeah so so hopefully that that comes into a little of a, uh, a smoother transition for everyone. <laughs> and, and things come out. And like you said, I think it, it sets him up to thrive really, really well. Um, we've talked a bit about how we think Ibarra and Sosa are going to do. We're more excited. I think that's the consensus right now on five-strike finals that Ibarra had the the better 10-second highlight <laughs> clip. So <laughs> exactly. we'll see what happens there. Um, I think my pick, though, is Giannetti. I've mentioned this before. Just um, to bring in a, a 27-year-old center back like that is incredible, On for the money they're doing it for and everything like that it's a big step he's gonna be did we see the the actual transfer fee reported anywhere because i think it's somewhere up near where LGP was if i'm right uh,
1: it's around three i've seen like you know very unsubstantiated reports of like three million dollars it seemed that seems to be about the amount that atlanta was going for for david martinez so i would think it would be somewhere Mm. in that three three
0: A half, some somewhere around there. Which for a center back in MLS is is huge. Yeah. I think that's I think if that if that is three and a half million, I think that's above LGP's record transfer fee for a center back, which is crazy to think about that he is also the record transfer fee for a center back. Yeah. But that's just the kind of value that defenders usually have in MLS. And this is kind of the next great frontier for the league as a whole, is to move into this era where defensive players also command enough money to to be valuable. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. right now that's always kind of been the deficiency, and that's just kind of the risk you take. Make is that you? You pay less for defenders because there's just less upside you want to spend your money on the attacking guys now the more money's coming in now the young dp rule is coming in and now you have a chance to go after guys like Giannetti and i think that not only his ability is his skill his familiarity with Gabriel Lanza's system is just going to be massive again a 27 year old center back who has captain experience pairing with a guy like miles it's going to roll
1: yeah i will never forget um jeff Lorenowitz told us in that Campiones cup game in 2019 that frank Boer told him to be the coach be the coach on the field And that's what Giannetti is going to be for this team. And that's you can't really overestimate how important that's going to be uh, to just have that guy who knows exactly where everybody else needs to be and kind of orchestrate all that in real time.
0: It's it's going to be excellent. It's going to be excellent. Again, that's the one I'm most excited about right now but there there may still be some work to do because a couple of folks hit at this christian did as well as niall but i'll go with christian's question just kind of sum it up he says what if anything needs to be added or subtracted from the team before the season starts I think we need a TAM slash DP level right winger. And this is something I think maybe might be my fault as far as getting people to kind of think as far as needing the, the flashy scoring winger, because I keep kind of bringing up things like that. And I have mentioned my my feelings on your on Dam's potential to, to be that top end kind of guy. Um, but Joe, what do you think? Is that a necessity right now, or is the team at least gonna be okay? I don't I don't think that move is coming, if you're asking that. Yeah. I don't think that move is coming. I agree. Not, I, not yet.
1: Yeah, I, I think it seemed possible possible um at some point but yeah it doesn't seem like that is probably going to happen especially a dp level right uh yeah, that, no, that kind um maybe you have enough to get a guy a depth piece in but especially when you look at the international slots too it's not there's not really a lot of space on the roster to get another international player in which you would assume would be a TAM level type of guy so i would not anticipate that um But that having that said, I do think that this team could be set up to have some roster adjustments be made uh, in the summer. I think Ezekiel Barco Mm -hmm. potentially could be a guy that uh, if, if a team in Europe is coming for Ezekiel Barco, they're probably going to want to do it in the summer in their main transfer window. And if you're Atlanta United, if you feel like he's good, but he's not, you know, a crucial, crucial part of the team. Like last year, he was a much more important part of the team just based on his ability was way better than anybody else. Now that you have these other pieces, maybe you could, uh, you know, you, you could, you could convince yourself that he, you could part with him in the in the season and sure. and replace him. Of course, you wouldn't just be getting rid of a guy like that. Um, But I would not expect that kind of player coming in right now before the season.
0: Well, the thing about replacing Barco in the summer is I don't think this is a and the fans need to take it this way, too. This is not a win now season. This is not the push in all the chips. This is still even with all the the deserved hype and positivity around this. This is not a year where you have to go all in. You know, you just have to get the team back to a level that's exciting and respectable and, and gets the people engaged again that's that's goal number one so it's still technically one of the the fabled year zeros for Gabler Einse, you know so if you see a spot you see a place to move Zeke and, and get the money for it that helps you in the long term I think you do it this year I think you do it so um, the, it'll be interesting to see, but like, like you said, Joe, I think you're right. I think you, you hold out for the summer for that. And if it becomes a necessity, you do it, you do it. But right now I don't think that's coming. I don't think that's coming. It's a good question though, Nick. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. I do have a quick update on the the green cards and it's God, this, there's nothing journalistic about this at all, <laughs> but I do know for a fact that Ronald Hernandez is agent. Who's also Joseph agent. Yes. Am I right in saying that? Yes, That's correct. Yes. Same agency. Oh,
1: yeah. So, Se- yes. Seca sports
0: was spotted that guy was spotted at a local immigration firm here in Atlanta I will not Mm. say which one but that is my secret update that (laughs) I mean it's true I saw the picture it's the guy you know like it's funny there but 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 what could that mean who knows yeah who knows um so there you go keep an eye out for that if i had to guess if anyone gets their green card first though there's there's my educated guess based on the one small piece of education i've gotten
1: for some reason that story reminds me of somebody who spotted brad guzan in a costco one time and he was wearing a walking (laughs) boot yeah but it turned out he was like not you know he never missed a game or anything but
0: it's kind of funny just stabilizing himself it's all good i understand i understand goalkeepers are strange um let's see christian ask another question and I, I think it's something interesting because he kind of doubled down to when he asked about uh, upgrades to the roster he said he would support buying out Heinman but then he also asked what kind of impact will Osetto make this season and something interesting happened on the subreddit the other day where someone posted like a highlight clip of Oseto and it reminded me how excited we were for this guy we thought he could contribute in a way that was going to be meaningful mm-hmm. you know a, a way that was better than you know what Hyman ended up bringing the table and everything like that so Um, yeah, no, it was interesting to kind of see that. Um, but Joe, I don't think he really contributes that much.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's impossible (laughs) to really know. I kind of like, kind of like Barco where you don't know exactly what you're going to get just because of the inconsistencies that you've seen so far. And with Rosetto, it really feels like on the field, he needs to be just more assertive in his decision-making and in his, um, in like his progressive um, decisions like his 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 decisions to move the ball forward I feel like that's where he needs to to really make an impact because last year we saw him control the ball fine like he he was decent in possession but he really just moved the ball side to side a lot a lot of short passes not really just being super progressive he would do it on occasion and when he would do it everybody on Twitter would be like wow great play by Rosetto that's what he's capable of and it's true, like that he is capable of that kind of thing, but you just want to see it on a more consistent basis. And we'll see if we'll see if we get that this year. Maybe that a year of settling in will help in that regard.
0: Yeah. And it'd be interesting to see what kind of role he actually ends up playing. I'm assuming Emerson will get more minutes than him for sure. Probably. But, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe Haseta really kind of sneaks in as one of the guys who's one of the first. Subs out there and one of the first rotation guys and everything like that. I think that may be kind of the the ceiling for him this year, but that's still an improvement over really what we got last year. And
1: I, be I, totally I, honest. I think we can be certain that everybody, Ms. Rizzetto included, will at least have a chance to impress Heinze and prove mm-hmm. to them that they are, they should be on the field. So, uh, at least we have that kind of comfort.
0: I think he has gotten a better haircut too. That's encouraging. It's <laughs> yeah. encouraging. Yeah. It really is. I wouldn't call this year a make or break year though for Hoseta. I think he's just going to be hanging around. It's it's maybe not a crucial thing, but it does bring up a question that Pierce asked. Pierce asked, which player, not named Barco, is this upcoming season make or break for? It's a good question. Mm, a lot of lot Zeke of, is definitely the main one. Yeah, right? Zeke
1: is the main one. I would say Emerson Hindman mm-hmm. is a big one. Um, mm-hmm. There's one other one I'm thinking of. Can I take? T- can I? Can I put forward two names? I would, go ahead. go I, ahead. It's one we've talked about before. I would say Brad Gazan. I would say that if mm-hmm. he if if he's not looking like the same Brad Gazan that we saw in 2018, which was not a, a amazing goalkeeper, but definitely a serviceable goalkeeper. Um, If he's looking shaky, then I think the team will probably have to look at what they can do at goalkeeper. But I think the big one is Emerson Hyman. I mean, I think that everybody kind of has seen the flashes from him and he's just got to, you know, impress the coaches and, and and prove it on the field.
0: Well, someone asked about the future of goalkeeping for Atlanta United. I just want to keep in mind they did bring in a guy named Rocco Rios Novo on loan, I uh, paid some decent money for him apparently from Lanus, I believe. And
1: he is not an international as well. So, um mm-hmm. he's definitely a contender. Uh he hasn't been announced yet. I don't know if he'll be Signed to the first team or Atlanta United twos. I understand that he will mainly be a goalkeeper for the twos, but he could still sign a first team deal and they could fit him in based on the fact that he wouldn't require an international slot. He was born in Los Angeles, so he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, I don't don't think that's going to happen this year, but it's something to keep uh, a close eye on going forward as we kind of feel out whether or not Brad still really has it in him. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, I think that's gonna be the end of the questions. But the good news is we Look, have a segment specifically designed for wait, what? Well, what? I was just
1: gonna say let, let's take this last one from Matt. Who will be the day one okay. starter at right back, and who will end the season at right back?
0: Ronald Hernandez and Ronald Hernandez.
1: Yeah, that's that, that that that's that's how I'm feeling too. Um, I will say that the question kind of uh the question presumes that there's one is better than the other, and Heinze won't know which one is better than the other until the end of the season, but. I agree with you. I mean, I think that uh, Ronald Hernandez and Brooks Lennon will do a lot of kind of platooning throughout the season, um, no matter which one starts in the first game or whatnot. But I do think that by the end of the year, my prediction will be Ronald Hernandez is the is the everyday best 11 right back.
0: It's going to be a tough choice, but fortunately, Gabriel Heinze has plenty of time to make it. Joe, you do not have plenty of time to make these decisions because this is. Is rapid fire Matt ask you are forced to choose one of the following for Atlanta night head coach next year: Frank DeBoer, Ted Lasso, or Chris Armas. Who do you choose? I
1: haven't seen Ted Lasso, so oh I'm gosh. actually going to
0: say I'm going to say Chris Armas. Oh God, it's Ted Lasso because remember culture eats policy. We want that. That's culture. right. That's we right. want that culture. uh Which Matt offers a follow up, and I guess you haven't <laughs> seen Ted Lasso. This isn't going to be a great question for you, but um, FMK, F DeBoer or Frank DeBoer, <laughs> Chris Armas, and Ted Lasso.
1: F. <laughs> ftb M, uh, okay. Lasso, and somehow I'm killing Chris Armas, the guy I want coaching the team. So switch, go switch, figure. Switch
0: Armas and FDB for me. <laughs> Steven asks Best tips for getting back in the pickup adult scene? Not playing for eight years, need to find my touch again before getting laughed off the field. Like, Steven, go get your vaccine, then go to like a busy restaurant with a ball at your feet and try to nutmeg as many people as possible. They're going to love it. It's going to get you good too ricky asks, what player is going to fill the larry size hole in the show's heart i really hope it's abara to be totally honest Mm. i hope he's just ruining people in the midfield joe your thoughts i think right now it's bellow it's got to be bellow oh that's a good one too it's a good one too it might just be eric lopez because joe brings him up every other segment or so (laughs) apparently um allison asks, waffle house or cookout my choice is waffle house for the ambiance
1: Ah, yeah. See, I thought you were going to go cookout, but I would also take Waffle House, although I do think that it's kind of mood dependent or just it depends on who you're with, that
0: kind of thing. But generally, I would say Waffle House. Exactly. If I'm with a group of people I want to continue to talk to, it's Waffle House. If I'm with <laughs> someone who I'm just drunk with, it's cookout. Kyle asks, importantly, what do you get with your cookout tray? I get the hot dogs, nuggets, and fries with a wine shake. And I say, give me what Sam's having. Exactly, exactly. Noah asks, which of you is more disappointed in your EPL team at this very moment? <laughs> First off, screw you, Noah. <laughs> Second off, it's probably me.
1: I don't know I think it's me <laughs> no,
0: we could do that forever it's we don't have bad. a long enough rapid fire we don't have enough ragtime music to play in the background to answer Ooh, that yeah. question fully you need some, or
1: like some uh, Benny Hills
0: sp- <laughs> sporting 22 ATL great name what color besides red and black would you like to see on a future kit that represents Atlanta United a la the King Peach kit I would like to see like a green and yellow thing. Why? I don't know. I just think it's kind of cool. Mm. And no one else does it. How about some maroon? Could really go for a maroon. Oh, okay. Bold. Mm. Bold. Mark richer mask <laughs> with cause, Oh, we've already answered that. It's about the goalkeeping thing. Sorry, Mark. Yeah. Uh, Pace and ask, given that Nashville is moved to the Eastern Conference, are they now our main rival? No, it's still Orlando. It's just going to be Orlando. And I think even Red Bull still has a lot more. I have a lot more hate heart for Red Bulls than I do Nashville.
1: It's still Orlando, but I think that the Nashville game will be maybe more anticipated because it's an easier, better, more fun, just such a overall better travel day.
0: They have actual things to do instead of going and looking at swans in a fountain in the middle of the city. Ben asked if you could pick one non-soccer Atlanta athlete to be a, a United squad player, who would it be and why? And I had a few picks for this Joe Patrick, so that was a good question. I thought Julio would make a good center back. I thought Acuna would continue the Venezuelan striker legacy. I think he'd be very good at that. And I think Ozzie Albies is the actual choice here. I think he'd be an incredible midfielder.
1: Mm, yeah, I, I was kind of along the Ozzie Albies lines, but I'm going with Trey Young as that just quick can't can't figure out where he's going to be next kind of
0: attacking midfielder. I can see him as like a poacher striker. I could see like Trayon's like teacher, you know, type. Anyway, that was rapid fire Joe has to go to a segment that's why we we're kind of scrambling through the very end there but uh he's got to go to do a hit we're gonna let him go to that before he gets out of here though Joe any final thoughts
1: um my final thoughts are on spring training because that's what I'm about to go talk about <laughs> but uh yeah no my Hard final switch. thoughts are
0: again I, I'm just still can't get over the optimism man I'm just lots of optimism lots of optimism lots of stuff to think about lots of good things though lots of good things though all around everywhere right now not just Atlanta United stay positive folks we're, we're feeling good about everything we hope you are too uh keep an eye out on our channels for all the new stuff that should and be my final, very, thought so, final thought was what's coming yeah that's it maybe that's we, what's we, making we,
1: me so optimistic i'm so excited i'll about say it. if
0: you're listening tonight you sure sh- today you should know that we have an interview tonight that is we're very very excited about very very excited about i cannot wait for this interview me too it'll be a blast. <laughs> all right let's get out of here have a good one folks bye all. <laughs>